It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires, and I am the host of this podcast. Um, this month, we're talking about tech teams and worship teams and the relationship. And today, I'm joined by my good friend, Kent Morris. Kent, how's it going? Doing well, thanks, Jason. I'm excited. Tell us about you. Tell us about Kent. You know, you've been you've been kind of, you've had, you've had a lot of, we were talking before we hit record here. You have a, you've had a lot of hats, and you're doing a lot of cool things. Tell us about, tell us about you. Well, sure, yeah. I was a... Uh born and raised in Mexico. My parents were missionaries there. And then uh, growing up, my dad was a musician and had technology around utilizing a lot of um, technology of the early 60s. Um, I'm old now, so <laughs> going back. <laughs> but uh, wall and sack uh, recorders and bell and how projectors, and when they would break, I could sort of figure out how to make them work. It was just one of those innate things. And uh, growing up being in bands and all that, I figured out that I was much better behind the board than on the keyboard. So as I often say, the best techs are, uh, we're basically hack musicians. <laughs> we're the people who weren't good enough to get in the band, you know? So, but uh, from there, it just took off and worked in music retail all through the eighties during the DX7 era and ADAT era and worked for speaker manufacturers and worked for Electro Voice and PV and OAP for 30 years and worked in um, uh, with NAM and all the trade organizations doing a lot of their training. And then was blessed to uh, be on staff uh, at First Baptist Atlanta for many years with Dr. Charles Stanley until his passing this year. I'm still there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, teach at the University of Mobile in Alabama. We were talking about that before with Roger Breland, who started Truth for him, Big Daddy Weave, all that. Uh, awesome. And then also work with uh, Sweetwater in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I'm the lifestyle market manager there. Plus, I work with All Pro. Uh, integrated systems out of Pensacola. Uh, so I love that you're in Atlanta. You work in Indiana. You work in Florida, and you work in Mobile, Alabama. Like you're. That's it. You just kind of <laughs> four jobs, four states. Yeah. I I'm in uh, I've been in California. You don't think about how you think like you drive a long ways, and you're still in California. Right. And you know you like you 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 drive a long ways. You can go into other states. I just doesn't make sure. any sense for this West Coast boy. I understand. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love how all of the things you're doing kind of tie into each other. And um, it's not, you know, it's not, you, you, you've you been doing everything that kind of funnels into one, into one kind of love for helping equip uh, tech teams and worship teams. And we just got to hang out at Christian Musician Summit, which was, was yeah, oh, it's just a good, it's always a good time. I look forward to when I walk into a conference, I'm like, ah, oh, Sweetwater, oh, Kent's going to be here. <laughs> Kent's going to be here. It's a good day. It's a good day. Thank you. We did twice. I mean, we saw we were in Chicago at Worship Innovators, and then yeah, back to back, back to back Kent Morris experiences. Yeah, it's a good day. Um, but hey, tell us tell us why you love doing what you do. Like, why hey, why why did yeah. you get into this? And like, I mean, you mentioned a little bit about loving, like figuring it out. But like, you you travel a lot. You know, we're mm -hmm. you're on the road a lot and pouring into people. Like, why do you love doing this? Well, it's one of those things where when I started in 1978. I was 16 and did my first sound system install and figured out, hey, this is fun. And it 
works and then people can hear and it and from that grew just the love of it and at the time and at that at that era there was there were no there's no full sale essentially you know the only thing that was is belmont university and there was no way on earth i was gonna be able to afford that so uh, <laughs> i was mentored by some fantastic people so uh bill thrasher who was Billy graham's audio engineer for years and years and years took me under his wing he lived here lived here in atlanta recently passed uh, dr eugene patronus head of the physics department georgia tech took me under his wing uh trained me up in all those people that poured into me, my parents, and I just wanted to give that back. And it, 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 I was so blessed to be able to be part of early Promise Keeper events, all the Maranatha Worship Leader workshops, all the Integrity Seminars Worship, and did all those tours uh, with all those artists and just learning so much from being there and having to make it work. Because yep. at the time, yeah, there was nothing else. You've either figured out or you go home. And that I'd love to take that hard-earned knowledge and pour that into people. I love it. And I, I mean, you, I mean, we live in a world now where technology is making life easier and you were doing it when the technology was not there and you're as, as, as strong as, as strong as it is now. And you kind of, like you said, trying to figure those things out and make it work and make it work. Um, now this month we're talking about worship leaders and tech teams and kind of how, mm -hmm. They're two polar different ways of thinking groups of people that tend to be on the same team and, you know, kind of help direct a Sunday morning experience as somebody who's been behind the board for a long time. And I like for me, somebody who's always on on the stage as the, as, as the one leading, what is something I can do as a worship leader that will make your job easier? Well, I think, you know, it's it's one of those bilateral relationships that is so critical and from our perspective in the tech booth, uh, I really pour into those people and get them to understand we don't have anything to do till they show up. In other words, we are complete um, subservient role in the sense that you as the worship leader, the, the team on deck, you're serving both the congregation on the horizontal lateral basis, but you're also serving God on the vertical basis. Uh, we are serving you. My main job, if you're the worship leader, is to make sure that you have what you need to be able to lead others into that time of worship. Uh, for the senior pastor, the same thing. I just don't want to have a distraction for the senior pastor. I need the senior pastor to be fully confident that when he or she looks up and sees me back there and, and the team, they go. They're not held back. So part of that, on that's on our side to you, on your side to us. The most important thing is, is to have the worship team understand that when something goes wrong, and it inevitably does every Sunday, uh, that the tech team is on it. There's no need to point it out. That's one of the most disheartening things. If so, for instance, if there is a glitch and the worship pastor mentions it, well, now the cover's blown in the sense that there was the glitch, people noticed it. There's no need to reiterate that fact. If they didn't notice it, we got by with it. Let's roll on. So either way, let's just roll with it. Uh, we're on it. We're not stupid. You know, we're not geniuses, but we're not stupid. We're on it. We're trying to figure out what happened and how to prevent it from happening again. So that's the biggest thing. It's just to not throw the tech team under the bus. And that's generally not as common today as it was 20 years ago, but it does still happen. And it's quite disheartening. Well, I was, I was running sound once at an event and, uh, and we're, the, the, everything's going and I'm sitting behind the board and uh, the power went out in the building. Mm -hmm. Like oh, yeah. we're talking, went dark. It was a no window. It was like a no window building. 
you have right. you have a room full of people and zero anything um this guy turns around to me and goes what'd you do <laughs> and i was like you think there's a kill switch down here that knocks out the the the, the power to the entire building like right. like the entire it was like the whole like the whole region somebody hit a power pole and right. like you can't obviously you can't you can't plan that can't plan for right. that but the guy's first response was mm-hmm. it was my fault it was Blame my fault for and i just sat there back and i was like wow this i don't do this very often and like you honestly, your first gut reaction, I mean, I've had it before. I've been on stage yeah. where oh, something happens sure. and my first response is like they weren't paying attention or they, why is that my first response? Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. and it, but it just kind of, um, it just, you know, it is what it is, but like it, it's, it shouldn't be that way. No. Well, I have, I have a t-shirt that says turn back around. I heard it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> turn back around. I heard it too. Oh, that's fantastic. That's that needs to be a that needs to be like a gift at a conference. Like a, I'm, just I'm every, get, you just pick, to pick up it. your shirt on the way out. Right. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I mean, worship leaders and tech teams, like worship leaders, are kind of that creative brain, kind of free thinking, oh, yes. free right. thinking space, and tech teams kind of have that more linear. Like, I want to yeah. have a plan. Mm-hmm. I want to have a plan. Do you, do you ever see that? You, you seeing that collide? On, oh, uh, yes. You know, because uh, I started with Promise Keepers in 95 and Billy Billy Baston and that crew was at that time. And then the new crew that came in was Paul Blosh and Don Harris and Carl Albrecht and Ed Carr. And uh, it was um, with Paul, we just hit it off instantly because we're almost exactly the same age. We're, you know, we're short guys and, and we just got along. And I just love being able to create a safety net under him. That's yeah. my whole thing is I, for worship. I want to create that safety net that if something stumbles, I've got your back. I already have plan B, C, and D already in line. Um, that allows you to be creative. Just go for it. You know, don't worry about it. We will, we will find the lyrics. We will make those lights work. We will get that mic on and uh, whatever happens. And just thinking, what could he possibly do at this point? that would be Holy Spirit driven, but might be technically difficult. And I want to prepare for that in advance. And that's that's what I'm trying to get the whole tech team to take that that deep dive in with me and say, hey, let's make sure that whatever happens, we have their back. I love it. Now, as we that's, we're talking about um, what worship leaders can do to make your job easier, how can I, what's a way I can serve the tech team as a worship yeah. leader? And it, I think those are two different things. Right. It is two um, different things. Like, how can I, what are some ways I can come in and say, like, I want to serve, I want to, I, you, you're, you mentioned earlier as a tech team, like your job, you find your, your, your role is to kind of serve, serve what's going on. Let's flip mm-hmm. that. Like, I want to, I want to flip that. How, how could we do that? So, you know, a large part of this is obviously that techs always blame the gear, right? When something goes wrong and sometimes it's legitimate, sometimes it's not, it just depends. Um, we, we all want more gear. We want more better stuff, right? Everyone does. Uh, but there is a certain level of minimum that we do need to have to function. That is if the senior pastor or the worship pastor insists upon doing these kind of crazy video things, you can't do that from a $500 switcher. You know, that's going to take that, investment in the product. So being able to come to the tech team and as the senior leadership and say, hey, this is what we want to do next year. And, and then trust the tech team 
this is what we're going to do next year. What's it going to take for us to achieve that from your perspective? And then from the tech's perspective, it's like, what, what's the minimum we can do? Yes, I can do it with a Ross. No question. But can I do it with an ATEM? Maybe. Let's look at the ATEM. Let's look at Constellation. What can we pull together here that's going to be effective, then present that back and just have senior leadership trust that? That's the big thing is to trust that tech team that, yes, what they're presenting is what was actually needed for us to do this. Oh, that's huge. I haven't thought about the fact that you set the expectation, but don't give them the the road to get there. Like you have right. to say, you have to like, you have to be, if, if you're asking for something, be okay with the answer, like mm-hmm. be okay with the answer that's coming back and not go back to them and say, try again. I mean, try again. That's not, I, I still want you to achieve. I, I want you to achieve the impossible. Here's mm-hmm. five bucks. Like I can't, you know, I, that doesn't work. No, I mean, if they go to, you know, Elevation or they go to Bethel or Gateway and they see what's being done there and then they want to replicate that for one fiftieth of the expenditure, it's like, you know, we can do, we can do a lot of things, but we can't, we're not miracle workers, you know, we're just the tech crew. Yes, right, 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 right. <laughs> I think, I mean, COVID kind of set that bubble hard for a lot of churches where it's like everybody went online and and now you can literally see into every church in the country and it's like, I want to do that. Like, how do you know, let's make that happen. And even though we can't, um, you know, we talked a few months ago on on the on here about about how you're setting the expectations for your team and how a lot of times they're set, they're set and they're un, they're unattainable. They're unattainable expectations where you're like, I, I want you to reach the end, but you can't get there. Like you can't no. you, you can't make that work. And uh, they're not miracle workers. And how do you how do you kind of walk that balance? And um you can't you can't make somebody do something without the tools, uh, and so interesting, interesting. Have you ever? I mean, what? Tell us. Uh, have you ever had that like pull a rabbit out of the hat moment where you're like, I I, I did this and I was able to conquer the world with 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 oh, very sure. little. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, with Tommy Walker, uh, I worked for Tommy for many years and just fantastic, and uh, we did Philippines and all the, um outside the U.S. tours with him. Yeah. And one in particular, we were in Zambia, in Africa, in the middle of Africa, and doing a live DVD. And basically, there was only one sound system in the whole country, and it's a little bitty sound system. There was no way on earth it was ever going to achieve what we needed <laughs> to do. But we made it work. And and then, you know, it came to power. There was no power. And this is in the middle of a, a soccer field. Uh, and I have ended up finally getting the Zambian National Electrical Company to come out. And it's one guy in an old pickup, pickup truck with a razor knife. And he climbs the pole barehanded, you know, just wraps himself and climbs up there carrying this massive power cable with him. Uh, cuts in real life, cuts the shielding around and slaps that thing on there. And there's power, you know. So, what? So, of course, naturally, it blew up most of what we had connected. Yeah. Uh, right. And, uh, it just was one of those things where I went to Tommy and said, Tommy, everything's blown up. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, we had power going. This guy really messed us up and it's just all shot. I mean, it all this magic smoke came out. It no longer works, you know. And uh, he said, what are we going to do? I said, well, we can either go home or pray. <laughs> and so we had a serious prayer meeting around that, the, all that equipment, it was hard disk recorders and everything. And it all came back to life. And wow. I have no idea how, and it was because it would, I'm, I'm inside the burnt circuit boards, the, uh, all the IC connection points are blown to smithereens. It's yeah. just, it's gone. 
there's nothing I can do outside of a, you know, a real workbench. And uh, it all came back to life. And we've got that, that whole, if you go to Tommy Walker live in Zambia, that's pretty amazing. Uh, and you, we talked about this at, at CMS. How, how many people were there? Over a hundred thousand. Over a hundred thousand people in a soccer field in Zambia. Yeah. And you the guys slapped, got the power off of the pole, live wire cut. You just, it just, and you're like, this is a Tuesday. We just did that. We just, it's, it's, it's a normal day. It's fine. It's fine. Now, do you, now do you, you know, w- w- with that in your history, and then you come back to the States and do something, does it feel easier when you're here? Oh, after? it's much easier. I mean, because if you're in, like I was in Ivory Coast with um, a, a gentleman named Patterson, who's a local person there, and I'm doing the sound system for the, the government. So in, in third world countries, generally the only people who have money are the government and the church or some entity like that. So we're doing these massive systems and just working through these horrific challenges. You know, the generators don't work. There's not the correct power. They don't have true rigging system. You know, you just work through all of that. And then I brought Patterson back to the States and he's like, why would anybody ever complain here? <laughs> Everything works, <laughs> you know? And so we, we're so insulated in our bubbles as to what the rest of the Christian world is dealing with. Yeah. Uh, have church. I mean, you know, in China, they, there are more Christians in China than in the U S and they're hiding to have service. Yeah. They're, they're putting themselves at risk just to open the Bible. And for us to complain about anything just behooves me to go, God, what am I doing? Why, why would I ever complain? Living in a world where I can open my phone and order something and it's here in 24 hours yeah. or less. Mm-hmm. And like, if I need a piece of equipment or, you know, you had something and you go, Oh, I'm, I need this before tomorrow. And it, it shows up at my door um, with a bag of candy in it with the bag of candy in it. <laughs> And that again, just uh, this is why I love Sweetwater. This is why this is why I love you, you open it up and just go, how in the world did you this is you knew all the candy that I love. And um I also I'm a I'm a root beer barrel fan. I noticed that they've oh, snuck their way are. in. There's yes. a new there's a new addition to the to, to, yes, to the, there is. the candy family. Yeah, but uh, it's a good it's good times right there. Now, as a so we talk about relationships, and I think relationships is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Like it's it is um, a lot of times we just, we, we, we want the other side to do what we need coming this way. Now you as a tech tech guy, who's been doing it for so long and talk to the tech guy who's listening. Um, what's something that the tech team could do to better foster a relationship with the worship leader. So coming back the other way, yes. how do I, it's not just the worship leader's responsibility, mm-hmm. but it's, it comes from both sides. The first thing is to get out of Fort sound. You know, we build that little booth back there and we stay back there and we, that's our enclave and no one's allowed to step foot in there. Uh, get out of Fort Sound, go to the deck, talk to the guitar player. The guitar player that has an amp on stage is too loud. Instead yep. of complaining to others on calm about it, let's walk down there and meet the guy. It's a new amp. He just got it from Sweetwater. He's really thrilled about it. He wants to hear that tone. Let's not just have a adversarial. Let's understand, hey, David, man, that is a great amp. And he tells you all about it and all the stuff in the pedal board and everything that he's doing. And just get to know David a little bit, find out what he is, who he is, what he's about. After we have a relationship now, three weeks later, I can go, David, hey, man, um, your tone is fantastic. And I know you're achieving something there. Unfortunately, it's starting to affect those around us. So I'm, I'm having a real struggle getting the vocals to work at that level with you. Can you help me find a way that we can move forward on this? And that is so much better than telling him to turn down. Yeah, it comes from trust. Trust. That's the whole thing. 
I have a relationship with him. Yeah. And they know, they know it's not just, you're not just saying it like, Hey, turn it down. And cause it's too loud, which is the, which is what they hear from the person in the congregation. Like it's, it's too loud. Turn it down. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like what you're doing. Turn it down. It's too loud. Coming from a place of trust. A trust, right? I mean, when on the Paul Blosch tours with Carl Albrecht on drums, he would always be the first one there sitting at the drums. After I was there, of course, you know, Philo first in, last out. Yeah. And he would walk in and just say, hey, how do I need to play today? What's the vibe here? Oh, wow. Which which snare should I use? What symbol should I use? What stick should I use to make it work in this room for you? That's trust. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coming in, ask, coming in asking the questions. Yes. Not just, not just. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make my sound. I'm right. going to make it. You know, the room needs to conform to me. Yeah. My whole thing is to build that mix so that it glorifies God and respects those people on stage. So I, I don't want to go whacking away their tone or or having to cut things out. I want to work with them and the the band. Then trust me that I'm going to put that best forward for all of us because I'm the only member of the band that's also a member of the congregation. And so I'm I'm going to be that channel for them. And I'm going to be honest, you know, after first service, we go back and talk and I say, hey, how was this? Well, drum sounded great. There's no question. Hey, uh, John, can we look at the bass? I'm I'm getting a real hang on your on your four on your first string there. Can we look at maybe something there? Could you do a different version of that note? Uh, it's just hanging in the room really strong today for some reason. And then that conversation moves us forward. What would you say to the person who's listening, realizing they don't have a good relationship with their tech team? How do I, you know, what we just kind of, where we just went was like, if I was like to start the good relationship, mm-hmm. what would you say if there's the, the, the tension is already there? How do I, how, how do I back myself up and, and get kind of help that, help that process? That is, that is unfortunately the case in a lot of situations yeah. because you know, the, the, the musicians want to move this forward and the techs want to move this sideways because they're just kind of tired of getting yelled at, you know, especially by senior leadership uh, or people on the board, you know, someone that of, of some no, notoriety within the congregation. And we have to rebuild those walls. You know, we have to go back and, and say, hey, um, for instance, with so many situations where the techs report to the music pastor, you know, the worship pastor, yeah, uh, it that that works in a lot of situations sometimes it doesn't sometimes it's healthier for the text to report to the executive pastor the reason for that is that in if i'm the worship leader then my focus is on that that aspect of ministry within the church but i'm not really concerned that the texts show up for the kids area or the out thing or this that or the other for as the executive pastor is now looking over the whole thing if it's just something that's incompatible, that would be one option. The other option is to look at situations where they may be under the senior pastor or the executive pastor, and it makes more sense to be under the worship pastor in the sense that the worship pastor might have a better understanding of what is capable technically and might be able to filter that, to kind of be the buffer zone. Um, it, but it, it behooves us as the text to get out and do that relationship building. The The only thing I would caution is that a lot of Creatives are very engaged socially, right? And they're trying to drag that out of the text. Well, we are introverts by nature. We we really don't like that. And when you force us to join the prayer, force us to join the party, um, we'll go. We don't have any choice, but we won't like it. And yeah. 
and you have to be very careful with techs because they can be passive aggressive and it's just inherent it's just part it's the it's the the back side of the coin uh, and we just don't want to create a situation where we are allowing them to have that negativity show up in a unfortunately a passive aggressive manner where they they say they're going to do this but actually do that instead and we just want to keep that very clean yeah oh man i'm just sitting back thinking about some uh moments i've had at churches and because i'm on the road every weekend and i so i walk in and you can tell i can tell when there's a healthy relationship between the tech and the worship leader and I can tell when there's not a healthy relationship and then that gets, <laughs> that gets projected onto me. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm not the person that you don't like. I don't, yeah, I, didn't, um, I didn't do it. There was a church a while back. I was, I was driving in Sacramento and mm -hmm. I was, I was late and I was on the freeway and I was going faster than I should have been. Mm -hmm. And I uh, was, I, I was tailing this car cause they were not going fast enough. And <laughs> then I realized the car exited the freeway and I'm following mm -hmm. this car oh, and we kind of weaved through a neighborhood and the car turns into the church. Oh no. Parking lot. And I kept driving. I was late. I, yes. My wife's like, that was the turn. I was like, I can't follow that car into the parking lot. I've been uh -oh. tailing him for the last four, four or five miles. Right. Cause uh -oh. I was, I was running late. Turns out it was the sound guy. Oh, great. It was the sound guy. And I, uh, so I pull in the parking lot, I get into the church and I realize who it is. And I was like kissing the ground he was walking on. I think he knew to this day. I think he knew yeah. that I, yeah. that I knew and so I was like, anything I can set up for you, I'll stick around for help tear down. I'm sorry that I, you know, as I walk in. So now I'm careful as to what I do on the way to church because I, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and, then, and that's in Sacramento. Like, it's not a small area. It was a, oh, the random, yeah. the, the fact that I was behind him on the freeway is like, mm -hmm. is totally random. But, but yeah. So anyway, that's, uh, yeah, I love that you, um, yeah, you just kind of approach these conversations with grace and, and trust and. Um, ultimately we all have the same goal, you yes. know, but it's, and I mean, I, hopefully I say, hopefully we all have the yeah. same goal in yeah. mind, um, to get, you know, to point people to Jesus and get out of the way. And we all come at it so differently. And it's interesting. Um, I'm, I've started having these more of these conversations in center, some coaching roles and, um, in conferences and stuff about how people think differently. And we don't necessarily talk about it. It's just right. kind of drama that mm -hmm. gets festered because we just think differently than than you. But if I communicate better, mm -hmm. then we can just have a better relationship. Like this yeah. is yes, these things are fixable. Like they're they are. Um, I like to say that humans are not in, inherently evil, uh, and and some are, but like most most people are not trying to be mm -hmm. hard to work with. No, but it's right. years of buildup. Oh, I would encourage a worship pastor that's going through that with their tech crew is to lead, say, Thursday night rehearsal, which is very common. Lead the Thursday night rehearsal from the tech booth. Oh, if your mic and your guitar in the tech booth are right beside it. And then you lead the rehearsal from there and you're then able to convey to the worship team, hey, to the tech team, hey, here's what I'd like to see. Could we work on when you're advancing the slides, when we get to that second bar? at the very end here we're two beats into the last bar that's when i'd like for you to advance the slide can we kind of work that 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 syncopation out so we have that together hey uh uh person running sound 
I really like what you're doing on, on the vocals. Is there a way to get some guitar in there with that? Or is that going to cause you a problem? How, how would that look? And instead of dictating things is starting to work that. And also from the text perspective is we have to let go of the mix. Uh, that was one of the hardest things for me to learn is that's not my mix. Yeah. that it, it's I have to follow leadership's vision of what leadership wants to hear. Uh, and and that means that sometimes there's more B3 in the mix than I would like, but that's what the senior pastor prefers. Yes, sir. That's what you want. That's what you'll get. Yep. Uh, and then being able to have over time, uh, pastor, we've been, you know, reading that v3 really hard like you, you've suggested we are getting a number of complaints could could we revisit that could you listen back to a couple of these mixes one with the v3 up one with it down slightly would you be open to us maybe doing that and that's it's always that careful approach to leadership where we honor and respect and but try to move the needle forward i love this because you're you, this is you this is coming from a lot of years of experience uh, from from you and you've seen you're coming from this as like this is this is work like this is how you approach the conversation because you've done it and you've mm -hmm. been in you've been in the soccer field in Zambia and in the nicest arena and church and space and you on all sides of the spectrum like people are people and yes, um and it's it's uh how how you approach it can really change the game and how that can be uh everybody just leaves better and happy yeah. and it like it, it's yeah. not you know there's no reason to leave frustrated there's no reason no. to be frustrated in what you're doing it's fun work it's it fun. is I mean, if you think about the alternative we could be selling insurance i mean this is such <laughs> a blessing to get to do this so let's let's honor those who are in, invested with us so many of my worship leader friends have quit ministry and they sell real estate that doesn't make yeah. any sense to me no. they're like you went from playing guitar to doing paperwork i don't right. understand what how that crosses but it just it, it just is but and i would also encourage the both both sides um this is one thing i've learned in 44 years as well is that um hartley pv i worked for pv for 25 years and the man's just amazing just you know a legend in the industry one of the coolest things he ever taught me is what's called the water seed watermelon seed principle he said if you take a watermelon seed you know and it's kind of slick and you squeeze it you put pressure on it it squirts out and moves somewhere else he said that is most people, they'll work three years to five years at a you know church ministry job where they're on tech or worship leader, and then they score it out and go somewhere else, and they score it out and go somewhere else. And you can look at their itinerary and say, okay, they were here for three years, they were four years there. We stick it out. This we stick it out. And and I realize that God makes calls and I respect that completely. But so often we just get hurt and we take that hurt and move it into a transition. And there's there's so much to be taught, uh, you know, working for Dr. Stanley for so long is that Dr. Stanley walked the walk, talked everything that you saw on stage. That man was 24 seven. There's never a change. Um, now, he was not a congenial old man. I mean, he was there's a reason that ministry reaches 130 countries. There's a yeah. reason that every week more people watch Dr. Stanley than watch the Super Bowl. You think about those numbers. Wow. 50, 80, 100 million people a week. Now, you know, those, not, and that doesn't come lightly. You, right. you, don't, you don't get a, a wimpy person in charge of that. So he was tough, but he was fair. Uh, and, and same thing, you know, Rick Ward, um, Johnny Hunt, all the, all the pastors I've worked for over the years, they're, they're tough generally, but they're generally fair. And 
there's much to be learned there. There's still more to be learned. I look at Paul Blosh, you know, for so many years, he was there in Lindell, Texas, you know, at a little bitty metal building church, yep. Christian fellowship. And that man just stuck it out. You know, he had so many, I mean, he got a, you name, you name it. He could have gone there. Totally. Stuck it out. And, and that's, that's so much to be said, both on both sides of it, because we quit because we sit at home for three weeks, then we go hang out at another church and just think about how much better we could be doing it than they're doing it, right? Yep. So it's like, well, let's just stay where we are and make that better uh, until God just makes a very clear call, uh, much to be said for sticking things out. I love it. I love it. Oh, man, this is so good. Hey, so we, we call our podcast The Table, and uh, I, I believe good conversation happens over good food. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm coming over to the Morris house for dinner, yeah. what is a meal that might be on the table? My wife makes amazing salads. So you're going to have a salad and uh, that's part of it. But then she makes a killer lasagna. That's just awesome and uh, very fantastic. Uh, we also do a lot of, um, you know, quinoa and stuff like that. She's really into health conscious stuff, but then yeah. uh, also into bluebell ice cream, you know, so they have both sides of it there. So <laughs> yes yes um that's my uh, uh um that's that's yes so you've done a lot of traveling is there is there a place that you is there a food from a place that you have been that you're like i loved i loved going there and eating eating yeah. that food korea man there's you know korean you know whether you've got 60 courses and you know and it, it the bill's nine dollars you know yeah great so we we did Paul Blast. We did a uh, series there, a whole bunch of tours, and well, with Don Moen and others. And um, it's always just the people are so gracious. And, and what I've always said is that ninety nine percent of the people in the world are just kind, gracious, wonderful people. Uh, they really are. Where, wherever they are, uh, a lot of Central South America, yeah, uh, tours and travels, and just the, the food's amazing wherever you go. I mean, there's just it, I can't think of any place I would. You know, not want to be other than a few places where that you have to do the monkey brains, and that's a little <laughs> concerning. <laughs> that's right. I'm good. I don't know how to. I'll, I don't want. I'll I'm, have the peanuts. I'm good. <laughs> I did a lot of travel with World Vision over the years, and a yeah. couple times, some food was offered. You're like, I, uh, ooh, don't ask. Just ooh, don't ask. Hmm, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah. Just, just eat it. And like, uh, we'll you have to go. Time. You have to go. You cannot. You, you gotta. You gotta swallow it. You gotta, you gotta swallow, swallow it. it. Yep. We were in Peru eating. I don't remember where we were eating, and and uh, I was I started eating, and I realized my water was in the truck, and oh, I didn't have a drink to to kind yes. of kind of helps get rid right. of the flavor, and I was like, ah, and I can't drink water from here, so ah, oh. uh, okay, ah, uh, ah, uh. so anyway, yeah. But hey, tell us how we can connect with you and. Um, you know what, I mean, what you got going on with, with your over at Sweetwater and yeah, all the, all the kind sure. of all the places you have. Yeah. So, um, easiest way to reach me is at, at, uh, Kent underscore Morris at sweetwater.com. The simple way to do it. And, um, I know Sweetwater is such an amazing company. I mean, just, you know, when people, when we tell them the story there, no one can believe it because there's nothing magical about it. There's not, there's not a, you know, a bolt of lightning kind of thing. It's just, good people with good values doing good work. And that's essentially what, what it is. They're just so gracious and kind to let me do this. 
to let me travel and support not just me, but Jeff Barnett, Andrew Scriven, the whole team on the House of Worship. We have a, over 120 sales engineers dedicated just to the House of Worship marketing. And, you know, it's not a, quote, Christian company. It's a secular company, but it happens to be run in almost every major position by people who are believers. Uh, so you can see that ethos throughout the firm, throughout the company, almost 3,000 people now. You know, it's just 8,000 orders a day. I mean, the numbers are mind boggling. Wow. Uh, so yeah, just it, but just how they just do the right thing uh, every day. And I'm just, so great. I'm grateful for the uh, for the warehouse in Phoenix because yeah. now it's now we're, we're, we're the West right. Coast. We're getting stuff. We're getting stuff a lot well. faster when yeah. we are not not that, you know, four days to two uh, to two days is like, I, I mean, it's the it, it, or, it makes a difference. It, it makes a difference. You know, it yeah. makes speaking yeah. of first world problems, but it's uh, the uh, it's um. Every time I order, I'm like, oh, that got that like the next day. This is fantastic. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, I don't need Amazon anymore. I said it. I said it out loud. I don't need it. I don't need well, it. You know, the, the nice thing with supporting Sweetwater is that it's supporting so many ministry outreaches and yes. so many things that they're doing. Just they're, they're very quiet about it. They don't make a scene about it, uh, but they just do the right thing every day. I love it. Is there, do you have a candy of choice in the bag? Uh, I'm, I'm a, uh, Laffy Taffy banana guy, you know, Ooh. Just, yeah. Wow. Going well, that's, that's, that's fantastic. That's I'll sneak those out. I'll sneak now. those out. <laughs> sneak those out. I did a tour of the warehouse several years ago because I taught at the conference they had there and yeah. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff was like, open your bag. And I opened my bag and he dumped so much candy yeah. into my backpack. I walked <laughs> away. I'm like, I, I had candy for days. It was, it was like Halloween for an adult. It was great. It is. But hey, Kent, I appreciate you taking time to pour into worship leaders today and sure. just the tech teams and um, kind of taking your years of experience and, and you're not just, you could go do anything. I mean, you've done, you could go be anywhere, do anything. And you're, you know, you're, you're doing, you're serving the wor the, the, the worship team world uh, and doing it well. And so I really appreciate you. Um, I really appreciate you doing that and uh, helping people be better at what they do. Thank you. And uh, thanks. And guys, we will see everybody here uh, next week.